ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Make me feel good. The podcast. My mum is the hero of my story. She's incredible. Because my mother, um, who was a solo mum with 10 children, right? And this tiny five foot tall woman. And the thing about my mum was she was this, you should make me laugh, right? Because my brothers would come back with their non-Māori girlfriends. Um, I think I'm the only one with a Māori partner. And they would all turn up waiting for this big, bolshy brown woman to come out, right? And this little white woman with freckles would come out. <laughs> and then she'd talk to them like the Queen, you know, oh, hello, what's your name? But then she'd speak Māori and that would freak them out. But that's, that's who I grew up with, this beautiful speaker of English and a beautiful speaker of Māori with uh, a real thing for education. Kia ora, my name is Ngāhi Wiapanui. I am from Ngāti Pro. I grew up in Ngāti Pro, which is the east coast of the North Island, uh, otherwise known as Tika Māori of Aotearoa, New Zealand. Nahawi is now the Māori Language Commissioner, working at New Zealand's highest levels to promote Māori language. He started the job eight years ago. And they said, oh, what's your vision? I said, well, I want a Māori speaking New Zealand. 90% of the feedback was, who the hell is this clown, right? Who does he think he is? This is stupid. I wanted everybody in the world to speak Māori because I wanted it to, to survive. I grew up in a community where my parents and my grandparents' generation all spoke te reo. So everywhere I went, the old people were speaking Māori to me. But the expectation was that I would speak English. They said, you know, mau mau noi ho te reo Māori, kāre koe whiwhimahi te reo Māori. Māori is a waste of time, you won't get a job speaking Māori. Well, every job I've had, with the exception of a couple of cleaning jobs, has been because I speak Māori. And so at the time, uh, they were saying that only 5% of children spoke te reo Māori, and I was one of that, those 5%, really, really lucky. My parents split when I was two, and then my father just cut us off. Small, small community, but he, he cut us off. My mum had these expectations and she put them in front of us, not forcing us. You go to university and education's the way forward. And I remember asking her, you know, why? And she said, well, when I was 18, I was a ducks at my school. Two years later, I was pregnant with your brother and your grandmother said to me, you let me down, you were my big hope. And we were redemption, really. Nahawi and nine of his ten siblings finished high school and five graduated from university. And it was at uni that he really felt the value of his own language for the first time. I got there and um, they were making a big fuss of people who could speak Māori. And I got up after five years of not speaking the language at all and tried to do, you know, my, my speech. And I knew everything I wanted to say in my head, but my mouth refused to work. And the funny thing is... Whenever I spoke with my mum, my language came back. And so I rung her that night really worried. And she said, oh, well, go and register for one of the classes. And I did. My um, thoughts turned from judging my brothers and sisters who couldn't speak to her to absolutely feeling, you know, this huge, huge ache for them, really. And I was playing in covers bands, you know, because I could get $150 a night. Uh, Myself and a a few other students and a couple of ring-ins from the community formed a group called Aotearoa. One of our um, members who is now a chief judge in the highest court in New Zealand, Joe Williams, he wrote a song called Maranga Kiai, which is about, you know, um, rising up and being Māori and being proud to be there. 
and I thought it was the best song I'd ever heard. It was 1984. They were singing in Maori language and throwing their savings and a lot of hard work at the band. They released an album and film clip, and it went wild. You know, we were being viewed as one of the hottest young bands in the country, but I wasn't interested in that. I was interested in getting around to Maori communities and saying to our young people, this is who you are, this is who you descend from. The fact that you don't speak Maori, that's not your fault. That's the system's fault, right? And you need to understand, there was, uh, you know, 4,000 years that brought us from Taiwan, from the Amis people through to Aotearoa. Uh, an incredible achievement, probably unmatched, you know, in human history. That's what we were doing. We were trying to connect our youth up to that, that genealogy, that whakapapa. And I didn't know if we succeeded or not. And I didn't know at the time if it was right. You know, there was no research evidence around to say, this is the way to go, Ngāhiwi. But we do know now, from the success rates from our total immersion schooling, that Māori children do far better when they're educated in their own language than Māori children who are educated in English medium schools. So it's nice to find that out. But fast forward a couple of decades to 2010, and despite the band's popularity in the 80s, their singer Joe Williams is now a justice of the High Court, and he reports that Māori language is at a crisis point. There are so few speakers that it faces the risk of dying out if something drastic isn't done. Nahawi had his own children by this stage, who were all schooled in Maori language. And we speak Maori at home to them as well. By the time they were turning 11 or 12, they stopped speaking Maori to me. And of course this upset me greatly. But you see, rather than growl them, I had this bright idea to ask my oldest son, boy, you know, how you Māori ki papa? Why have you stopped speaking Māori to your father? And he said to me, Well, Papa, all the cool songs are in English. And nobody speaks Māori on TV or the radio. When they do, they mispronounce it, right? And I went, far out. I never thought about that. And, you know, whether you like it or not, there's this big brand. It's the biggest brand in the Western world. It's called English, brand English, right? And you have to compete with it. I just thought, we have to colour up New Zealand society, right? So when I said to people, look, I want a Māori-speaking New Zealand, what I was trying to do was to, to respond to what my son had told me and so that he could see and hear the language everywhere and therefore see its value. So the whole thing really for me was about we have to widen uh, you know, our embrace and say to the whole of New Zealand, hey, come in and learn our language. Just so many of my uh, Pākehā colleagues have come up to me and said, look, I wish I could speak te reo. I don't know. I- I'd love to speak te reo. And they would talk to me about their fears. That often if they talked about using it or learning the language, they were laughed at by their families and their friends who said, um, you're not Māori. Why do you want to use the, you know, learn the language? Or if I go into a class, am I taking up a place that should be for a Māori? That type of thing, right? Whereas on the other side of the coin, Māori is saying, well, it's my language. I'm incredibly ashamed I can't speak it. And then when I learn it, I'm getting worse marks than the parking guy who's sitting next to me, right? And so, you know, it's like two sides of a coin. And so we had to address that. And our way to address it was to say, te reo Māori is New Zealand's language. Everybody who lives in New Zealand has the right to learn and to speak our language. If you're non-Māori, our language connects you to the country. No matter where you go, if you speak Māori or sing in te reo Māori, people know where you're from. The reality is 
the more people that speak your language, the more mana or authority it has. That's the reality, right? And that's why English is such a pervasive and strong brand. And what we're saying to our people is we don't want you to stop speaking English. You speak English and te reo. There is an important element in our struggle, and that's community. Everything that has happened for the Māori language has been a response to the Māori community and often the wider community as well. People forget that the bulk of people who signed the Māori language petition in 1972, at least 70% of them, were non-Māori. And for me, the key to uh, language revitalisation is to forgive. A lot of my um, cousins would say, what are you doing that for? They did this to us, they did that to us. And I said, yeah, and we can cleave that to our breast like a baby or we can let it go, you know, and we're much better if we let it go. Less than 10 years ago in 2015, 20% of Maori people and just 2.75% of Kiwis spoke Maori language. Now, over 30% of Maori and almost 8% of the general population say they can speak the language well. And Nahawi believes the country is on track to have a million speakers by 2030.